the Tiltcast, episode 453. Sandals. Sandals. And this week, guys, we talk Battletech, Dyson Sphere Program, Valheim, Monster Train, and horrible weather. Stay tuned. Wind chill below zero. Slippery, but not wet. <laughs> it's the Tillcast. It is, and it is Friday, February 12th, uh, the year 2021. You st- stopped there for a second. I what? started to change words. Did, what did, the day is? It's the day. Just to get it out of the way, is an M ready show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And together, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. 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 Some games and some news, and it's our first episode after recording Game of the Year. Holy shit, was that fun. And boy, are we excited to have something else to talk about. Yeah. yeah game of the Year is fun and all, but it's basically not. It's like math and spreadsheets and it's a lot of thinking about games that we've played before and fucking like trying to remember shit and like look there's actually stuff i think we forgot but oh yeah there definitely is as i was listening through to like my top three i completely fucking snubbed ori in the blind uh the will of the wisps yep i, I like, noticed that immediately too i was like oh oh i need to go back i can't what is said is said. God damn it. There, there's a reason it ended up where it was. Right. <laughs> well, if you weren't thinking about it, it wasn't in your top three. No, the thing is, is that there was, I mean, when I was looking back at all the fucking games that I had played, it's like, uh, well, th- these are these are games, man. Like, there's there wasn't a lot of games that came to the forefront. But then again, 2020 sucked for, men, you know, for everybody's I mean, mental health. 21, so. 2021 isn't doing much better. Right. But. I mean, at least, at least there's maybe something on the horizon. Maybe. There's one. I mean, not to talk politics, but at least we're past the fucking election. Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> but there, I mean, all my one. friends are not like literally fighting with each other every day on any social media. And you're like, I'm just gonna turn everybody on snooze. Yeah, and then the only people I see are you guys on my feed. Which you guys don't post that often, so my feed became fairly blank. Well, I and mean, then I was just like, okay, well, I guess I just don't need to worry about the this. You social don't media need stuff. social media, right? Fuck that shit. There, there's one thing positive I can say about 2020. What? Work from home. No, not for you, right? Thanks. We we didn't have ten days of straight like low twenties, teens for highs. Like we're in right now. Yeah, that's fucking. Oh my god. So, dude, I mean, winter came back with a vengeance this year, and it came late. Uh, yeah, Jason's <laughs> Jason's like having to deal with the ice skating rink, and then I was telling these guys the other day, I was like, Are "You guys gonna be able to make it?" Because uh, it seems like it's pretty slick out there, and I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, like, you I wussed out. And got my groceries delivered this morning. I have had to drive in this shit for the last week since it started. Dude, the first fucking day is like, oh my God. Short summary, Sunday night into Monday this week, we got basically ice. Yeah, like a quarter inch of ice. Up to a quarter inch of ice. Yeah. So roads were 
I wouldn't say impassable, but it was close. We just put our it got pretty on. close, uh, and then. Just as we start to kind of dry out from that, no, we get another. We one. get another one Wednesday. Yep, it's like wham, bam, and um, uh, ice on ice. That's fun too. Um, so I've dealt with like being in a being in a call center environment. I've dealt with like crisis management all week. Rusty's <laughs> had to drive in the shit to. <laughs> To where he works. And I haven't left my house since Saturday. You pussy. I mean, last week. (laughs) I I didn't even know that it was that bad yet. I was just like, oh, it looks kind of bad. And it's like, it's too cold for me to walk the dog. And then every time Lola goes out, she like slides into the grass. She's like, I mean, and there's been a few times when it got super slick out there that she kind of like gingerly started walking and then slid into the grass. Yeah. And I felt bad for her. So. I haven't even put on real shoes this week. <laughs> I just walked out in my sandals on that shit and about broke my hip one day. <laughs> but, you know, I, I call it footballing or I just pick her up under my arm and then I take her back in. So now I'm like monitoring her because it's so cold. I feel bad. It's like, man, she's going to get really interested and so freeze her little paws. I'll say that by far the worst part was Wednesday, at least for me. Because coming out of Tulsa, the Tulsa Hills area, that shopping center, 71st, you know all that is, You, I Our mean, hills. you remember, it's basically just a series of hills all the way down, right? If you just scratch that, her. That last, that last big hill right on, right on that west side of that 71st and Riverside, Riverside Bridge. I came down that hill sliding with the brakes on. And when I got to the bridge, I was doing 20 miles an hour. I started at 10. Yeah. So. You just slid down the whole bridge? With my brakes on. That sucks. Yeah. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. So. uh, So ice is no fun. No. <laughs> now we've gotten through that and it and everything's pretty much clear like rusty can attest parking lots are still horrible rusty's getting assaulted again Hi- highways and main streets are fine and there's the puppy assault there rusty has a bear hug on the pup now the bear hug has failed and she is trying to get to his ear yeah the the, the tongue's coming out the the pity smile has appeared. She needs she needs the attention, Rusty. Every fucking episode, right at the beginning. Hey, see, she jumped down. She's good now. She's good. Are you good now? See? Yeah, you heard the puppy shake. Oh my god! She mounted you. She got her pleasure. She's done. If I don't, if I don't just let it happen, she will fuck with me for a half an hour. I know that's why I so, said just better. She that's all she's asking for. See now she's more interested in her toy box. All right. So now by far the most dangerous thing I've had since Wednesday morning was coming into Justin's neighborhood. This shit's horrible. Oh yeah, this is a fucking ice skater rink out here. Holy shit! I did shit. the maximum tip like, on the driver for getting out here. Like I could put on ice skates and go skating down your street right now. Yeah. Well, it, it said it said that my delivery driver was on their way. And they were two miles out, and it was 20 minutes this morning, and I needed it before I got to work. And I was like, 
well, I'm just going to turn on the ring and I'm just going to watch. Yeah. And I saw the car just slide past the ring Dude. and then just slide to a stop by my driveway. And this woman gets out with a really pissed off look as she's like walking through my yard because at least she's not sliding. Right. Taking my groceries to my door. And I waited for her all the way to get up there. And I was like, it's a good thing I left the max tip. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just turned around and walked, stomped off to her car. You're yeah. a dick. No, I'm not. I gave the maximum <laughs> tip. I mean, I did go to custom and give her like $40, you, but it was it was $85 you, you worth of groceries. Have, you could have done the manly thing and just gone out and got your own damn groceries. <laughs> I had my sandals on. Oh, God. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt you to put on some real fucking clothes. What it was shoes. 920 in the morning. What a bitch. Have I you gave... been out in this fucking shit for more than five minutes? No. All right. I don't have you. to. Oh, my God. I don't, oh, fuck you. I, I don't even fucking want to talk to you anymore. I'm right. leaving. Bye. Bye. These, I mean. These work at home people. <laughs> yeah. You just seriously. can't live with them. Well, no. It... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But all this long, I got into for the simple fact that next week, it's oh, it's go, it's on, dude. It's we, even worse. We have the forecasted snow apocalypse of twenty twenty one. What is it? Was it a last time I saw? It's it was a Sunday foot. into Monday, right? A foot of snow, right? Anywhere from. I'm I'm gonna call I have six looked, inches. I have looked. I have been watching six different forecasts for for the last three days okay we are talking anywhere from eight to 13 inches oh it just makes you want to think but wait there's more exactly oh no now here's the bad part remember when we had the blizzard 10 years ago i remember i was in kansas oh fuck you (laughs) um (laughs) i had to walk six blocks to work in downtown kansas city with a wind chill that was like negative 20 for all of that winter. Oh, that's Aww. sad. I have fucking walked five miles to fucking school in blizzards in northern Michigan. Don't we walk you up can, back, both I, hills uphill in snow? fucking sandals, you bitch. <laughs> hey, Grandpa, not all of us are 40. This, not all of you guys are that's fucking right. from the north either. So. You, you are 40 in August, aren't I? Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now, it the thing that strikes me, though, is the way all of this is happening as far as the forecasts and them saying things like, we're waiting on it to fully cross over the coast so we have real data as to the snowfall density and yeah, yeah. All of this reminds me of the blizzard. Oh, yeah, it, it does. Well, I mean, and, weather goes in cycles, right? Like we're due for a snap. Yeah. And now, more so than where I used to work, where, you know what, if 80% of the agents don't show up, we just close the site. Don't have that option. Yeah, and you're at the industry I now, work, now, I guess I now work in an industry where that's not an option. I also work in an industry where fucking calling off is not an option. Well, and I work in an industry where we most of us work from home. So Fuck you. I mean, <laughs> they don't have to call anything off unless it knocks out our power. Yeah, well, so the only thing that I was telling senior leadership, because I was on a call, like talking about possible staffing issues. And I was like, yeah, but the, the thing, even though we're all from home, 
we're not we don't have the infrastructure to deal with frozen power lines so like it's a real yeah. danger for now, us to lose internet and now, power that right. is here's the thing though that is the good part about the arctic air we're in now yeah and this snow coming in it's gonna See, be fluffy where we had the blizzard and the blizzard did cause issues with power lines etc but that was a wet snow because yeah. we went from 70 degree weather to fucking snow. to sub-zero temperatures and snow in the course of about 36 hours. Because snow natos happen here in right? fucking Oklahoma. <laughs> um, this is different. We've been sitting in Arctic air for so a while. So there shouldn't be. Hopefully so there's not a lot of ice build up. Right the now lines. the air is dry. Yeah. There's... So all of the snow that will happen will be a dry snow, which will mean it's not going to accumulate on power lines. So we shouldn't have a ton of like power outages and things like that to deal with. Well, that's that's fine. It, I mean, it's but more, the wind chill is supposed to be like negative twenty. That's true. It's more the wind. It's gonna freeze that, your nuts off when you walk outside. If anything that's causes why, any, that's issue. why the heater was blowing in here because that window sucks ass. Yeah, my fucking door sucks ass in my, you know in my apartment. They don't you, make this. You want to stay zero. warm in this room? Drop the fucking sound curtain. <laughs> we have. It's too dark in here. It doesn't there, fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It may though. get to that point you, though because I'm just going to be too cold. You will not get a cold draft on that window if you just <laughs> drop that blanket. We have, yeah, we, we, we have, have sound a, blankets. We have sound blankets around like, you know, that's 60, an actual, not, it's not, 80% of the room. We're not talking about grandma's quilts we hung. These are no. actual, like, sound, you know, sound booth material. Yeah, sound booth material. No. Exactly. These are, yeah, sound no, booths. the, these blankets weigh that's, 25 pounds a piece. This is why had, the show doesn't echo anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had to actually put up two by fours with two and a half inch screws. <laughs> Into Justin's wall studs to make sure these things don't rip out of his sheetrock. Yeah, and they've done pretty a pretty good job since we put yeah, them up there. We're yeah. going on. This well, is year seven. Yeah, so yeah. This is. I mean, it, that I, was put in right I'd when say, you moved in. So. I'd say I did a pretty damn good installation job. Yeah, it was really echoey in this room without those fucking blankets. And he's got one of the fucking blanket corners like tied up so that he can see a little bit of sun while he works. Uh, I don't understand that and because it's already I'm a fucking get, vampire. Yeah, so. but get, everybody already comments on how dark it was in here when I left them down. Yeah, because I looked like an we, edge lord in here. Well, we used to call this fucking place the you know, the sex the dungeon because <laughs> all the hooks and fucking the fact. That yeah, you when can't I hear it from the outside. Um, <laughs> so, I think I did introduce Jess into this room as the sex dungeon. Oh, that's <laughs> as a joke. Is yeah, that right. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes, just drop that fucking uh, blanket. I guarantee you it'll be warmer. You here. will not feel a draft from that window. A at least for the next week or two. May have to. It just gets... But, I don't know how you do it, Rusty, but working in the dark is kind of depressing. <laughs> Dude, I have been working in the dark for... I'm not a mole man. I don't see the outside where I'm working. I I don't... <laughs> let, not a mole man. Let me... Let me tell you. I'm not a mole man either. Do I look like a fucking mole man to you? you I mean, you're kind of bald and you got a wrinkle on your forehead. Oh, and my God. You're my, an asshole. My, my brain and the frequency of my migraines would love it if I could work oh, when it, in a dark room. When it gets bad, I do. Dude, it's... I mean, 
I don't know how people fucking deal with the sun anymore. It's That's, because you've worked without sunlight for like five years. I, I mean, you're not wrong, but I don't, I mean, you know how people get fucking snow blindness and, you know, with fucking like sunshine on fucking, you know, on a like snow covered area, right? Where everything is super fucking bright and you have to like squint. How often see? do you see the sun? I don't want to see the sun. Fuck the sun. The sun. You at least see it in the morning when you're. I don't even fucking. Well, okay. During when the it, winter, he doesn't hardly ever see it. The, During I, the summer, he in, sees it at the worst times of his day. When I go to work and when I come home, it's directly <laughs> in my fucking eyeballs. Um, and and I hate so it. So you're driving east and dri- driving east in the morning and, and driving. Yep. When you're going home. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that sucks. I wish it was the other way around. It's the best part of waking up. Fuck that shit. <laughs> the sunball. The sun. But the fiery sunballs. Sunballs. Sun sunballs. Right. <laughs> Those but, sunballs bad. Not so. Not only will we have this deep accumulating <laughs> snow with these twenty mile an hour plus winds, right? It's going to be freezing fucking balls. Yes. Like when I leave for work in the morning, there will be a wind chill of like f- minus fifteen Monday. I mean, Jason showed up looking like he was about to blow something up. I mean, he had a full black bodysuit with a full black hat, and even Lola barked at him. Like, he yeah. went outside to get the dog, and Lola was like, ran past him and barked. It was like, Jason, take off the hat. She doesn't recognize you. Yeah. So, so no, my, my wife finally replaced my- She's going to keep fucking with My Carhartt overalls. Yeah, Jason has with, the full bodysuit. With the full suit. You, you're, you're a bitch, too. What if he got stuck, though? I mean, I think about that, too. Like, I would want to have that if I got stuck. That's kind of where she was going. It's a real threat. Like, if you got stuck, you would have to call an Uber. Yeah. I had... There's not going to be an Uber Monday morning. Oh, my God. You get stuck, you're going to have to call an Uber. At at negative 20 degree windchill, yes, you would. Fuck. The the fact that you said that makes me want to fucking like wretch and I mouth, will call a tow truck and hope they can make it. Look, when <laughs> I'm gonna fucking sound old again and from the fucking north, but when you got fucking stuck in the north, you were boned. Yeah, but you yeah. get you get used now, to it. I will we didn't say, have fucking cell phones and you know when I was growing up. So if you got stuck in the middle of fucking nowhere, you better have your survival when, pack. When in the I wake back. up tomorrow, that's why I'm saying if you didn't have the survival pack that Jason does, when, you're boned. When I wake up tomorrow, you don't need fucking overalls for that shit. When I wake up tomorrow, though, yeah, but those things save me in the last big snow. Okay, just well, saying. Well, all right. Um, you were a bitch because we're. Remember, my truck ended up getting stuck, and I ended up spending an hour digging that fucker out. Oh, an hour in the snow. I'm sorry. I fucking... I I have zero sympathy for fucking people who get, like, I'm, stuck in the middle of fucking dude, snow blizzards. I'm not afraid. Okay. I, I like, fucking up okay. north. Hey, that shit hey, is, like... You can check that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm, nope. I'm not scared of what? the cold. Okay. If it were... If it weren't going to be snowing, I wouldn't have the fucking suit because I wouldn't worry about getting stuck and having to dig myself out. The suit's just to keep me from getting fucking frostbite while I dig out the car. 
What will happen tomorrow when I wake up is that things get that things getting water treated. I'm putting the snow shovel in the back of the traverse and two bags of fucking sand. I'm not getting fucking stuck. Or if I do, I'm getting myself out. So so just to just to give you a little bit of you know of of context. Now I don't have to necessarily do it around here because I, I live in an urban area, but I yeah. live up in fucking I lived in rural northern Michigan for the I mean the 18, formative years of his youth and for for my first fucking 18 years, right? And and before I moved south because fuck all that snow, right? Um <laughs> but <laughs> but you know growing up it was uh, right before you know, right before the first snow hits, you get yourself your fucking. Uh, you get two bags of uh, of sand. You put it in the back of the you know the car. You've got yourself a fold up shovel. You put that in the back of the car. You've got one, two, maybe three blankets if you're carrying a yep. fucking family. You put that in the fucking yep. back. You've got about fucking two weeks but, worth of power bars. You put in the fucking back seat uh, back of the car. You've yep. got. Uh, you've got uh, about two, you know, one or two gallons of water. You put that in the fucking back of the car, and I mean, in if worse comes to shove, you can fucking melt more snow to so, you know, to drink. Rusty, I'm gonna to. give you a little bit of science since you're being an old man. So, when temperatures drop below negative twenty, you can freeze to death in ten to twenty minutes. Yes, that's why you always have at least a half a tank of gas in your car because that will allow you to to stutter yep. idle your uh, your car to heat yourself up for up to a day and a half if you fucking like only heat it up every you know. But if 10, you had but if you minutes. had to walk two or three miles to get somewhere to get help, like you, you're boned. You don't walk. You don't. That's why walk. I said Uber. So quit being a so, bitch about it. No, you don't. But walk. Uber's not going to get to you. That's why I was. That's why I was knocking you down for that. No, you call a tow truck once the blowing snow stops. Here's the thing, though. There's one big difference between here in Michigan, and this is why I'm going into Monday pre- over prepared. Okay. Because people aren't fucking prepared for it around here, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not just that. It's the the city, the highway crews. They're, they they don't, don't have enough plows here. <laughs> That's the thing about up north. If you're stuck in the fucking side, you know, on the side of the road, and a snowplow is going to pass you in a couple hours. Well, every so often you're going to see another fucking car. You know, probably within the next couple hours. But if it's like, if it's a fucking full on blizzard, and I've lived through those up there, you get stuck on the side of the fucking road uh, in a full blizzard. You will not even see the flashing lights of the fucking hazard lights on the side of the fucking road. More than maybe within stopping distance, at least. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you have to basically set yourself up for the long haul. You got yourself a book in the back. You fucking uh, you start reading the fucking book because you're going to be there a while. Yep. Uh, and before this, uh, before times of cell phones, it was when you were going someplace, you were calling somebody ahead saying, "Hey, I'm heading over." And if they if you don't show up within a reasonable amount of time. There's a fucking search party that goes out after your ass. Yep. You know, in in this day and age where we've got cell phones and fucking Uber and <laughs> and and this shit, and especially in fucking an urban environment with a fucking blizzard coming in, I, I just it 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 offends my fucking northern Michigan yeah. uh, you know upbringing. It, 
to hear the, that you could call a fucking Uber to get out of a fucking the, snow ditch. The only the only thing I <laughs> the only thing I hearken back to is all the all the trouble both you and I saw the last time we had this much snow. I made it to work. Fuck you guys. <laughs> you lived across the street. <laughs> I made it to work. <laughs> I made it to work. I, I walked my ass across you, that you, parking lot. <laughs> you had to walk the distance of two and a half football fields. The the ice storm that was, uh, what is it, like, uh, I don't know, like 12 or 13 years ago? Like, uh, 2009. 2009, yeah. So yeah. Uh, the ice that first ice storm, that one, I was living farther away. You know, and I still made it. And that ice storm was like a couple inches of fucking ice. You yeah, know? that it was that, that was, was stupid. That was the one storm that really got me caught in the house I was living in, and that was just because uh, I literally could not get out of the neighborhood I was in yeah. because of one entrance was a bridge, the other one was like an extreme hill that was basically a forty-five degree incline. Dude, I remember going out of it. I remember going to work, uh, you know, during that ice storm, and there was literally like a rut or two in the fucking, you know, in the highway. Like the ice was built up, and there was a two-track fucking rut, <laughs> right? You know, uh, on the and, highway, and you felt it if your tires. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you were basically on rails. You couldn't get the fuck off of that. I tried. Um, <laughs> But it took me about 45 minutes longer to get to work. Yeah. Because, I mean, you were going slow and it was basically like an apocalypse. It was fucking cars flipped yeah. over on the fucking basically, side of the road. Basically, Monday was crazy. morning, instead of leaving my house at 6 a.m., I'm going to leave my house at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. It's for, for a seven and a half mile drive. See everybody that's listening in, uh, you know, in a northern state right now, or in a place that gets a lot of snow and ice. They're like, "You're a bitch." <laughs> I can I can relate to Rusty, but you're a bitch. <laughs> and, and I would remind those people that we we live in a in a state that never has to deal with it, like yeah. hardly ever. But um, it'll be fun time for video so, gaming. So that. That means the population's horrible. Um, we got a we got a second mount. We got a second mount. She went directly for the ear. She got a little bit of it. She got the tongue on. Oh, there it is again. Oh, oh, she's getting a whole lot more action. Why do you have to be so cute? She's just happy. Why you gotta be so cute, dog? Oh. She just like, comes up and stares directly into my soul. Um, <laughs> I have to take my then, my headphones off and every then time. Sticks half she'll... of her tongue in your ear. Yeah, that getting a wet willy from the dog every <laughs> fucking week is just something I look forward to. <sighs> I gotta clean that fucker out before I put my earbuds back in. Okay, um, <laughs> I so, put that bitch back in blankets. But <laughs> yes, for people like Justin, it will be a great time for video gaming. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Like I said, I stocked up on food. I've got an, more than enough to survive. Like I won't be getting to just eggs until about Monday the week after. I yeah, I've got I got about two weeks worth. I of even food. made a like some 
like a chicken, not really noodle, but chicken cauliflower soup that I've got for the next couple of days. Stay nice and toasty. Yeah, I, I bought stuff for fucking like, you know, it, this two is, weeks of. I uh, live, obviously, I live alone most of the time, unless Jessa, uh, the kid's here, right? And you start to go a little bit, get a little bit on the weird side. So I was making chicken and rice or chicken and cauliflower, and Lola right. was like, I kind of want some. And uh-huh. so yesterday I made, I just threw it in the crock pot. I had some chicken that was just about freezer burned, threw it in there. And I was like, you know, some, I'll be able to pull the bones out after a while in the crock pot. And I threw in a little bit of rice and some, some broth. And then Lola has her own chicken and rice. And I have like basically like chicken and rice soup, so to speak. Wow. So I give her her meal and then I eat my meal and we eat the same thing now. You... <laughs> And it saved me a little bit extra on dog food. Like, I need to get rid of that rice at some point. Uh, yeah, rice I mean, lasts for almost forever, but not quite forever. Yeah, see, I have, I even have emergency rations in my fucking apartment that's not keto. I mean, because it never is, right? I've got oatmeal and rice. Like, you know, they last a while, but after a while, like, yeah, those are two things that she can eat that are fairly good for her. Just give her a little bit of rice and some chicken. and I've got five bean soup. If I need to actually survive for a long fucking time and nobody wants to come anywhere near me, I'll eat five bean soup. <laughs> because, oh my God, will I gas them out. You know, like speaking rescue, of that, the most interesting right? thing to actually happen to me this week <laughs> is... So you used to have these conversations called odor conversations, right? Somebody stinks really bad. I got to talk to him about personal hygiene <laughs> oh, occasionally, right? Yeah. But I don't work with people like that anymore, which honestly, most uncomfortable conversation I have besides firing somebody. Yeah, it is really. It's like um, you stink, guy. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that because, you know, when you want to get in HR trouble. But, like, you just basically kind of lead them to an understanding. And I was thinking about that because I was observing this class like I – you know, I grade a lot of stuff at work. So I'm watching this class, and then I had this other open meeting that I had on the side meeting with somebody else. And then I saw my – basically something happened that picked up on the audio. Oh, oh boy. But there was thankfully nobody in the meeting. And what happened was is I farted so loud that my back cracked. <laughs> <laughs> That is like the oldest man thing you've said so far. And That's awesome. And so it was a rumbler, and I was just like, whoa. But I was on mute while I was observing the other thing, and I just had this look. And then the person I'm observing, teaching, right, like messaged me. He's like, what's wrong? And then I told him, and then he had to take himself off camera for like two minutes. <laughs> uh, it, it happens in corporate meetings, too. I was too. like... Uh, <laughs> Not grading you on that. <clears throat> yeah. I'm a jerk for for taking completely derailing I, you, but I thought I had to share. Yeah, I will. I will be honest. There was one time pre pre COVID when we still had. It wasn't much of a stinker. Person. It was more of a. It was more of a sound off, <laughs> like a battle cry from my ass. <laughs> um, when we still have meetings in person. Uh, I will fully admit there was one time, thank God it was a silent one, but like you, it was hard enough that it cracked my lower back. Yeah, this was like an audible crack. And, and then you have everybody in the room turn to you 
are you okay? <laughs> yeah, because they don't know what to say. Yeah, no, just just moved the wrong way. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I've had to have some real talk, and I you I won't say his name, but you guys will remember. So there was a guy used to work with. It was real short. It worked out a lot. That always ate a lot of protein powder. Oh yeah, and yeah. <laughs> he worked for me for a little while, and he liked to sit close to me and talk. And every now and then, you just see him like he'd shift in his chair a little bit, and then just the worst silent but deadly that ever imagined. Oh yeah, if you and see I, somebody shift, it's like oh god, here. It and goes. I was just like, <clears throat> dude, I was like, put the protein powder away. He's like, this is old. He's like, you know that that gas is from probably two days ago. Oh god. I was like, so I got to smell this for two more days. <sighs> oh, that's the worst, dude. Uh, it's been fermenting for a couple days now. Let me tell it's, you what. Gonna, let me tell you something, though. Wilt fucking that flowers. dude's farts were always powerful. Well, he's small but mighty. Yeah. <laughs> In more ways than one. Wow. I mean, you you figured it out when an entire department decided to... I'm so glad I don't... Go out and see agents... <laughs> Yeah. I'm, so glad I, I'm so glad I don't work with people anymore. Oh, my God. Had a lot of fun times with that guy, but holy shit, his farts were bad. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit because we've gone a little bit further in bullshit than I wanted to, but it was worth it. Um, we've been playing games, but I want to say, Jason, I know your drive time's been crazy. Yep. Have you gotten any game time in the last week? I've gotten some in. I got... Uh quite a bit of BattleTech in. Yeah, I yeah. you were playing BattleTech. Yeah. So you got yeah. back into that. Yeah, so I... Do you ever did so... expansions, or is it just the base game? No, whoever got it for me got got for me with all the expansions. That's right, I did. Oh, so that means that you get some of the special <laughs> mechs and some of the random... Did you do... Yeah, so there's two modes, I there's like a, a, like a, not an endless, there's an endless I, mode and a story mode. Are I haven't story? gotten into any of that yet because I'm just doing the story mode right now. Um, I, so I restarted the story mode campaign uh, because it's been forever since right. I played it. I would have um, to as well. So uh, I'm about What's... seven or eight hours in because I've done like the first six contracts. Are you okay. still wearing, are you still rocking a blackjack? Yep. Okay. But you know what? That blackjack is pretty awesome. I, at the I beginning, have, though. I have that blackjack fitted out with, it starts with like three or four medium lasers, right? I think it comes I, with an AC2. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have an additional. I have an additional AC2, a, a large laser, and a couple of machine guns added to it. So I'm a gla- it's a glass cannon right now. Like if it gets ha- hit hard by something, it's just Dunsky. It fuck it sucks, but that fucker hits like a truck. Yeah, and you'll realize the cool thing about BattleTech is you get abilities with your different pilots. Yeah. That help out with some of that stuff, and like you'll get more heat management and stuff like that, so you can fire your weapons longer. And I don't remember all the minutia of it, but I mean, I've played it. I've got almost four hundred hours. Some in the of game. them will move faster, or you know, or like like you you basically kind of pair your pilots with the different types of mechs. Like yeah, so you might pilot. You, you might like outfit a mech that would normally overheat with a regular pilot, right? With a pilot that deals with heat management better. 
so that you can fire longer or have bigger essentially take a lower tier mech and turn it into a higher tier mech you can have a sniper pilot with a fucking you know in a fucking something that has large acs or i think that same uh that same thing applies to um uh to missiles so i put them in a missile boat you have you're going to get to a point jason where you're going to get called shot bonuses to where it doesn't penalize you as much on your movement or your action points yeah to where you're using one of your guys as a headshot guy and i'll tell you so there's a couple of things to remember like you can get a laser boat right and kit it out with like eight medium lasers i think a hunchback is the first one you get that's just like a big old shotgun right but short range right and it moves slow if you get really a really good sniper Get them in a gun. Get them with guns with high single point damage. And what that means is like so an LRM like Rusty Sand, right? Let's put it in numbers. Does like five points of damage per missile times twenty, so it's a hundred damage, but it hits all over the mech. It doesn't hit a single spot, right? So all of the mech absorbs yeah. the damage. So it's good for softening up, but not necessarily good for taking out a mech. So if you get something that has like let's say the AC two does ten points of damage, right? Mm-hmm. But you can ping the head over and over again, and at least in that game, you can see how much armor they have. Yeah, ping him in those weak points and either headshot him or leg him so you can get the max salvage. Then you're going to start picking off stuff. So you basically get like one sniper, one tank, and then one mix. You got to get a scout. Um, Something that's fast that can deal heat damage. Uh, Yeah, yeah. like if you find a fire starter, there's two different ways to kit it. It's either all small lasers and you backstab with it. Or you put it with all flamers and you overheat shit. That that's just the thing. So I have been doing the smart thing using strategy guides to start out, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't have any decent enough weapons for my light mech for my light mechs, the scouts yet. So you just use it to spot so, your missile boats. So actually, what I'm doing through the first uh, few campaigns, um, I was lucky enough to get a fourth. Medium mech. That's good. From early game. salvage, like within my first couple of contracts. You got a vindicator so, yet? Huh? Do you got a vindicator yet? No, but I have a centurion. That's a good. That's a I, good I call one. it's like the mixed martial art mech. Yeah, because you can like outfit an arm with a lot of armor mm-hmm. and always face the arm with a lot of armor forward or towards damage after you're done fighting. Or put it in a way like that. That way that it takes the brunt of the damage and your weapons don't die. Yeah. I That's why it's called so, a Centurion. Yeah. I gotta play this game. Um, it's fucking it's so good. So I have... So right now I'm running that as my fourth mech in place of the light mech. Yeah. Until I have some decent wep- decent enough weapons for, for the light mech. And there's... I, basically I need a, cup, a couple more uh, ACs or... I need a couple more flamers. Yeah, you just all you have to do is just continue I, playing. Yeah. Is all. Yeah. The, so the campaign's pretty long, but the endless mode's also good because it starts you off with kind of like a random assortment of mechs, and then the focus is on the mini stories, not so much on the main story. So you just try to build alliance with a couple of different factions to get the better payouts, and then do the I guess they call them the strikes or whatever that they got. They're not strikes, but it's like the there's like 20 independent missions that are like three campaigns long each mm-hmm. that all have unique rewards. Gotcha. So, and they're all across the galaxy and it'll fire strike. I can't remember. It's been a minute since I've played it. Right. But anyways, um, that part of endless mode's great, but that's also included in the campaign. So you can play the campaign 
and there until you get to a certain point, there's no timer on how long you do the campaign. You literally can just random mission until you get where you want to be before moving to the next spot. Um, it's a really damn good strategy game. Like it goes for me for that type of turn-based stuff. It's uh, XCOM two and then BattleTech. Mm. Like yeah, like Wasteland's a little bit more on the RPG side. And there's a little bit less strategy in Wasteland, but it's it's a lot more story centric, so it doesn't quite fall in that because mm-hmm. it's more of a Fallout style, early Fallout style game. But yeah, like it's XCOM and then BattleTech as in my head for like amazing strategy games. Yeah, it's I mean it's been one of those games that I've yeah. I've been meaning so to go back to the story, like for mech stuff, right? Like mm. we've got pretty good stuff. I think Mech Warrior Five, like I was saying during Game of the Year, it's not Game of the Year material. If you're into Battletech or MechWarrior stuff, though, it's got a lot of, uh, it's really fun to play in for short sessions. Yeah, it's like. It's the, hard for me to play it for like two or three. Well, I say that. I played for like three hours one day or four hours one day. But I just really like outfitting stuff and then slowly getting better and then swapping stuff around. And, you know, I I was showing Rusty. Like I added a bunch of like random little mods. <laughs> To give me additional options, because in the base game of Mech Warrior, you can't swap out engine types. And why that's a big deal is you only have so many, so much space per mech to add weapons, right? And it's based on how much heat you can or uh, weight you can carry. And there's different. So basically, I've taken some mechs, made them slower, and added more armaments to them, um, which has made that a little bit more interesting. And it's got there's a couple of add-on mods that let you add stuff like additional arm armor or additional uh like uh arm vents is one of the ones so you can disperse heat for your guns that are on your arms nice yeah so you can fire a little bit longer it doesn't unbalance the game really like i'm still getting my ass stomped sometimes um yeah and i'm still like the big difference you know obviously one's kind of fps and one's not right but it's not it's slower paced fps it kind of is um, until you get fucking boned because you can get fucking Well, he boned. was talking about blackjacks, right? Right. So, like, I rekitted a blackjack with a AC-20 burst fire. Um, it only has that and two small lasers, but the blackjack is fast, and I can get behind mechs, and it can literally almost one-shot a lot of stuff. There's something in the called a sniper Artemis. It's got a range of like 1,500 meters, and we're talking like range. The AC-20 has 270-meter range mm-hmm. um, that does 30 AOE damage, but I can only carry it on the larger mechs, and I, it's like the only gun I can carry because it's 30 pounds, which are 30 tons, tons. Yeah. which is way more. Like your AC-10 is like 12 tons. Right. So it's it's a lot. So I have a Cyclops with this gun on it, and I've got a fast engine on it, and I literally just one-shot locust with it which is great you got to leave the target it's got a six second reload on it but it's 100 percent worth it <laughs> and i can snipe it's like a, it's like mortar fire right like it's got a pretty severe arc on it at long range but i'm like zooming in as far as i can and i'm seeing like the hunchback in the distance and like two shots it's almost decimated and then i call on my lrm boat to to pummel it and then it's down and it's just like i don't know there's something kind of blissful about it and then it's, it's an aoe damage so it looks like little nuclear explosions. A little mini nuke launcher. <laughs> Got it. But you're going to get to that point, Jason, like with certain mechs that are fast. So you can get a there's a variant of the Dragon that you can put an AC-20 on and like two small lasers. 
and you can only carry about 40 rounds, but it's super worth it because the Dragon's got a really high speed mech Yeah, for a heavy mech, and you can get it behind and backstab larger mechs with it in like two shots. So it's two turns, that mech's done. Two more turns, the next mech's done. And the, the trick to it is getting a, a guy that's got a good amount of uh, armor mitigation so that you don't completely decimate it by over getting too greedy and getting way behind enemy lines and getting it destroyed. Like, there's some risk-reward there. Right. But, yeah, like, Battletech... Fucking amazing. It is. And MechWarrior, or, uh, MechWarrior's getting ready to release some DLC now that their thing also was, we're not going to release it right around Cyberpunk, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're releasing DLC, I think, in March or April. Um, and it's a pretty, not completely endless game, but almost endless. And so I've been dicking around with that as well as other games. Yeah. But to your point, Jason, Battletech is a uh, fucking amazing. Yeah. It is. It's, it's definitely worth. Uh, it's, it's also like a 60 gig install, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you add all the, you know, all the extra shit, yeah. I'm probably going to... There's some badass mods for that game, too, that adds a bunch of the lore-friendly variants to a lot of the mechs. Oh, yeah? And then adds some of the lore-friendly weapons that aren't in the game to that game. And then there's the paint variants, too, that you can add to it. Like, those are the types of mods that I added to it were like, oh, well, there's a couple of, like, lore-friendly mechs that were never added, so here they are. And here's all the different variants. You know, there's, like, five different versions of a Vindicator now um, that are all from the tabletop. And yeah. then it adds, like, uh, additional variants on some of the Lost Tech weapons. There's already a fuckload of mechs in that game, and you're adding more and more. Yeah. It, and when you well, say it's, like it's the one shot, yeah, it's... it's when it's, like, the like one-shot stuff, like, you can add a small rocket launcher, but it does, like, 20 damage a shot. And you throw that on something like a Locus. Now your light mech is suddenly a... You know, it's kind of a, a glass cannon, right? You run it across and you backstab something that's important, mm-hmm. and then it just turns into a missile spotter the rest of the game. But regardless of that, like, that's a really good way of doing it. And there's a lot of missions that say you can only have this much tonnage, so you add that in there and then stack your heavy shit behind it mm-hmm. so that you got the one scout versus that. That's the one thing I missed on Battletech versus Mech Warriors. You can only play one mech at a time in Mech Warrior, and the AI is not that smart. You, you've got some real basic commands. Mm-hmm. So you end up using your AI to focus fire things, or you clean up the small trash while you have it focus fire a medium mech, and then you join the fight after you've cleaned up the trash, essentially. Right. And you you have to actually deal with those light mechs in in Mech Warrior uh, 5, because they will fucking, like, sit there. They might be, like... It's a it's death by a thousand cuts with them because they do a little bit of fucking damage, but they do it constantly while spinning around you, and you got to learn to lead those shots. Yeah, well, like there's no headshotting a spider, right? Yeah, especially if it's like zooming past you. Like, okay, all right, but you can't lead it with that sniper. I can't fucking turn my torso fast enough at this point. Um, You get pretty good at leading your shots. Like the AC twenty is kind of like a two trip two hit shot, mm -hmm. and there's variants of that. And modifications for that, like the the top level AC-20 does almost 30 points of damage. And when they only have like seven points of armor on their back, plus 10 points of like core. Yeah, you just If you can get behind them, you'll pop them with one shot. If you get in front of them, you will decimate their armor and most of the front side with one shot. So you just aim for center mass. You ain't going to salvage those things anyway. (laughs) Who who wants one of those little pitch hands? (laughs) They're a good early game though. Honestly, there's there's so much good to both of those games. It just Battletech is a superb game. It's just you get a different feel 
the advantage of Mech Warrior versus Battletech is just the chunkiness of all those guns and being in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really well, and this is this is the piss poor part of it. A really, really, really basic ass story, like super basic ass. Yeah, but I mean, I've played a lot of fucking games that are super basic fucking story. Wait, which one are you saying? Mech has Warrior. The basic- Oh, Mech Warrior. Battletech's got a pretty decent story. Battletech's got a fairly deep, like, uh, mythos Mm -hmm. deep story in it. There's, it's all based off of the... Well, better writer-developer, right? The guy that did all the, the harebrained schemes did all the Shadowrun games, which those are actually very good. Those are really good games. They're a little bit more simplistic than, like, Wasteland, but they focus a lot more on the, even more on the story, I think. Yeah, well, those are, like... Those those were you know were alongside cyberpunk as far as like you know as that kind of style it came well, around they came around about the same time. You can usually get all three games for like under fifteen bucks right now if you want the Shadowrun games. But yeah. like right now, I think on yeah, hate me Epic. I think they're three fifty per game right now. Yeah, they're they're fucking they're cheap. They're good shit though. If you like um if you like the Anything like Wasteland or any type of like, you know, you know, it's, co- it's cyberpunk, covers. cyberpunk turn-based RPG. Is yeah, what it's it is. basically exactly what that is. It's, it's with magic. It's yeah, because magic is a thing. <clears throat> Ley lines, dude. That's the kind. Of, that's the shit that came out in like the fucking seventies, eighties, and that was like that was the shit. I mean, oh, well, those games are the shit. I honestly think if you haven't played any of the, if you like the those types of games, right? Like your Jones in for a turn-based RPG, Shadowrun is like one of the best values you can get in it. They're great games. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But Rusty, because I know that you're going to talk a little bit long in the tooth on this, because you have 148 hours in it and you made videos. Um, you've been playing a, an early access game for. Uh, more than I worked all last month <laughs> in two weeks. I, 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 I put. A, I worked 135 hours last month, and you uh, you worked 148 hours plus worked six 12-hour shifts somehow in two weeks. I don't even want to even like do the math on that right now. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I have been playing. A uh, a early access title called Dyson Sphere Program. Um, it is uh, it is basically a, like a Factorio game. You know, like it's it is a factory game, just like Factorio, Satisfactory, things like that, where you are you know mining raw materials, putting them on belts, and you know moving them around, and and putting you know creating a factory basically out of you know, you know, out of nothing, you were dropped onto a fucking planet, uh, and you salvage your fucking drop pod for your initial supplies, and then you just go to fucking town. I just have to comment real quick. What? So, not counting how much time you took to shit and eat <laughs> and sleep, you had the time to do all three of those things daily was 7.71 hours and that doesn't include your drive time to and from work yeah see i don't sleep at all um so you've been sleeping what four and a half five hours a night for two weeks five hours if i'm lucky uh and and it doesn't make very it doesn't take very long to make chaffles thankfully um so (laughs) 
So I've been living off of that. But yeah, I have not had much. Um, well, I haven't played it. Well, I have played a little bit of dwarves, a, a little bit of. Um, um, That's right. We did some of that too. Yeah, we did. We played that for like three hours. So you have to take that out of the, the equation as well. But yeah, this this game I basically poop socked uh, for no shit uh, for two weeks. It it is. So so this is an early access game, right? This game came out late January. Um and I saw somebody was uh had played it and I watched a video of somebody playing you know uh playing this game you know right after it came out. <clears throat> and I was like, "Oh, this is really interesting. Let me let me see what uh see what it is." I got into it and I was instantly hooked. This game is beautiful like as far as a factory game is concerned like you know satisfactory is pretty good looking uh factorio is kind of basic you know but it's an art style thing but that is an art style thing and the fact that everything is it's you can go massive with that right um the defining factor with uh dyson sphere program is that uh, you're on a world and everything is spherical. So, of course, uh, there is the whole curvature of the world that you're on that you're dealing with as as well as... It's like, like Mario Galaxy kind of in that way. Yeah, it is kind of Mario Galaxy in that way because you can always see the curvature of the Earth no matter where you're at. Uh, so it is kind of disorienting at first uh, because you have to kind of figure out which way's north. Right. Um, you know, and you know, and because everything is curved, everything has this. You kind of wish everything was flat, but you kind of understand from a design's perspective and how it looks that it looks really cool when you put it on a spherical plane. Um, there is uh, this game is as feature complete as 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 I've ever seen a early access game. This game is beautiful. It did not crash once on me. Um, it's, uh, it is kind of, I mean, because it is feature complete, you can actually play from start to finish without missing anything. There wasn't any bugs that I, you know, outside of maybe a visual bug that was very minor. Um, uh, that's the only thing that I ex- uh, experienced. Uh, you can you start off on the the main planet, which gives you enough resources to kind of get your factory going. But you quickly realize that you're going to have to branch out to at least the other planets in the starting solar system that you're in, uh, which means that you'll end up having to fly from one place to another to actually get it done. Um, but how do you get resources from one planet to another? Well. They introduce a interplanetary logistics system, which allows you to shuttle uh, resources from one one planet to another. And that kind of gets you going, right? Right. And that that is that is you know the other planet has a lot more of the base resources like iron and copper and stuff like that, so that you're going to need to make products. And you put those products into other products, and then you put those products into other products. It it is one of those games that kind of builds. Like you realize very quickly that your little tiny factory that you've got spaghetti belts running from place to place uh, is simply not going to cut it. 
uh, you're going to have to scale up at some point to be able to to do what you want to do uh, with any kind of quickness. Uh, and that means you end up with your first planet basically being mined out completely and then turned into a factory world where you just have lines and lines of factories making things out of products or making products for other products. And it's, it is, it, if you like how Factorio works, because this, it plays kind of like Factorio as far as how, you know, one product goes into another and you kind of have to work out ratios and figure out how much of the base product that you need to be able to make the next product. Right. So there's a lot of math involved with that, but I kind of like, you know, I, I, I took the wooden club approach to it and I just said, I'm just going to make as many of these things as I possibly can and just, you know, just throw resources into the system and see what, ha see what works. Um, so I probably built my factory way bigger than it needed to be, uh, but I still found deficiencies as I went along. Uh, it does have a uh, uh, it does have a like a graph where you can kind of see what how much you're producing versus how much you're consuming so that you can kind of figure out where the shortcomings are. I've got a really random question, but since this is a ten cent game, it is. How's the localization? The I mean everything is in English, but it's very broken English. Um, it is. <laughs> It's not, it's not well translated. It's like they took the Chinese, they took Chinese, threw it into Google Translate, and that's the translator you get. It's, uh, it's not quite, uh, it's not quite clear. Uh, it does have some voice lines as the, uh, as the little advisor. Is it in Microsoft up. Sam or is it? No, I mean, it's, it's not in Microsoft Sam. Um, it's just, uh, I mean, it seems like they have a voice actor for it, but it's like, if I was the voice actor, I would look at the lines going, is that really what you want me to read? Okay. Because uh, some of it is really broken English. Um, but, I mean, it's it, it does have, you know, when you start... The feature that's not complete is language. Well, I mean, it is... <laughs> It is extremely early access. Like this game was. But you just said it was almost done. No, it's feature complete. It's just extremely early access. Like they haven't in introduced everything. Like there's still stuff in the tech tree that they haven't introduced yet. Uh, and there's still some balancing issues that they I, that they need to work out. So with you putting this much time into it, like essentially you got to the end is what I'm getting. Yeah, I I, I finished it this morning. So. Um, are you going to replay it again oh, yeah. after they release the additional features? Without doubt. I fucking I just Why? said yes. So sometimes I like I can't quite get it in an Factorio. I realize it's a cool game. Yeah. I mean This is for somebody who likes Factorio. This is this is kind of It's for yeah. somebody that wants to figure out how to automate system upon system. Yes. Uh, automation, setting up factories. Uh, this, 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 if you like factory and satisfactory, this game is right up your alley because uh, it it plays just like those games at have, the core level. Have you have you ever dove very deep into Oni? Oxygen not included. Yeah, it's um, 
that is a different that's a different style. The reason why I don't necessarily jive with uh with oxygen oxygen John included is the individual like you know the the meeple management. I mean, um, you did play it in early access versus full release, right? Yeah, but uh, you know, full release is even got even more systems on pawn systems upon systems, and trying to manage, trying to get people to not pee in your fucking water supply pisses me off. Have um, you? Did you finish <laughs> a campaign of RimWorld yet? You played RimWorld, right? Um, I played RimWorld, yeah. It's and then uh, the only thing that I needed to do in RimWorld was just travel to the last point. You know, just get. Did you, you ever get to the point where you're about to launch a rocket? Almost. That was that was the thing I was trying to get to that that's, point. That's been expanded again. Okay. Yeah. See, I and there, if you need a game a where you can like essentially play it and then let it do its thing for a while and mm-hmm. then just turn it up loud enough to where it alerts you that shit's on fire and about to die. Literally, yeah. maybe. For for me, it's a completely different style game. Like it's a it's a crisis management game. It for Factorio. If I was to, uh, for Factorio, Satisfactory, and you know, and now Dyson Sphere program, uh, you can set things up and you can let it run, uh, and nothing's really going to happen unless you call on the supplies to do like research or or you know to build new things. Uh, whereas, you know, RimWorld, Oxygen Not Included, those uh, those fall into a different category uh, where you have to uh, kind of micromanage the people in your little ant farm uh, and managing the, the, the people. The science is actually really clever in Oni, which is what I'm talking about, yeah, like how you can you can essentially create your own machines with – you continuing have, continuing on the cycle of science, essentially, of yeah, you continuing have, to change states of a liquid or a gas until it does something you want it to do. Yeah, you, you can Even have down a self-recycling fucking toilet. I understand. Uh, I well, mean, I mean, that's at its simplest, and that's the what I've gotten down. But I've talking about, like, essentially making batteries. Yeah. Uh, like, the science behind it is pretty fucking insane. Well, I mean, I, I get that. It's just not... What bothers me the most about Oni is is just the people management. Like, if that game didn't have fucking people in it, I'm fine. Like, deal, dealing with... As a child of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, I... Who I, hates I just everybody hate except for, like, seven people. I, I, just, I just fucking hate people. Um, but... It's it's just that I don't like having to manage the you know the people if they're unhappy I could give a fuck less I want my fucking factory my unfeeling fucking machines to do what I want it to do and That's, only report to me when it doesn't have resources to do what it wants to do I honestly <laughs> drive that point home to kind of give people the differences between those types of games right um, but that's interesting like that's I know it's a hit right now on Steam it's a very different type of game but. There, you're not the only person to echo that sentiment. Like, there's been two pretty big releases recently, mm-hmm. and that's the other one. And then I played the other one unknowingly that it was a hit. Yeah. I mean, I, I got into Valheim, which is an early access, which is pretty feature complete as well. Um, I think it lacks an end game, is where we're at right now. Um, my friend TJ has been one of my close friends for going over 21 years at this point. Yeah. Um, me and him. He talked me into it. He's like, hey, 
I think I'm going to set a server up for this game. He's like, remember when we played Ark and like all these different survival games we've played together? Uh, I was like, yeah. I was like, it's 20 bucks. He's like, I know you have 20 bucks. <laughs> He's like, I'm, <laughs> that's the peer pressure right there. He knows me too well. <laughs> He's, He's like, like, I know you have 20 bucks. Me and, well, the kiddo, the kiddo's 23. Him and his son were playing this game. They're like, hey, you need to join us on this server we set up already. I was like, you already set up a server? You've mm-hmm. been playing it for like four days? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I bought, I bought some space. I've got a server set up. Me and his son roll under plan. I get so weird about saying it on here, but he's 23. Right. Um, I think he's 23. You know, definitely old enough to drink. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, Roland and his friends are playing. And he's like, you know, I want to do something with him. Because he, uh, Roland lives here and, and TJ lives in Alaska. So he's like, and I also figured setting up the server, right, my lag won't affect it either. And we can just jump on and off whenever we want. So what Valheim is, it's a Viking game um, in a voxel world with kind of like a pixel art style, so to speak. Like I might show you guys kind of what it looks like here in a minute. But um, the idea is for you to essentially continue to upgrade yourself to go against different challenges. Actually, I showed you guys last week because I did the, I showed you the one boss, but it's got this kind of like heavy metalish theme to it with a lot of the boss encounters, but the boss encounters are tuned to either one really overpowered person or a group of average powered people to beat. Um, but you continue to, as you find new materials, you continue to upgrade yourself to be more powerful for the next encounter. The food is not mandatory, so it's not that hardcore. Okay. Um, it just here's let me give you an example. So you have twenty five health and three bars of stamina. You need the stamina to swing your weapons, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And to roll or whatever, um, draw your bow, whatever, right? So you eat a, a, you know, a hunk of meat, right? Hunk of meat now gives you fifty health and two bars of stamina, and you combine that with another piece of food, right? Now I've got 75 health and four bars of stamina or, you know, like five bars of stamina. I eat another piece of food and depending on the food and the value or whatever, right? Like both of those things increase. And so there's a real motivation for you to do that. So that's why food's important is because it is kind of hard to survive without that. You can make potions, but the food heals over time. And depending on the quality of the food, the faster it heals over time, essentially. Okay. So as long as you're not getting hit, you're regening health, essentially. Um, at like, let's say six health per tick, which is every two or three seconds or something like that. Right. Okay. Better food, better regen. Uh, it's got a lot of systems like brewing and building, and it has a really cool, um, structural integrity system for the building. Kind of like seven days does Mm -hmm. the building's not done in like boxes that you upgrade like seven days. It's done in pieces. So like you've got like a three meter, um, I don't know, a pole, right? Or like a six meter pole or whatever, right? You can shape those in different directions to start building a frame. And you kind of have to frame your house, so to speak. So you frame it all together and it'll it'll be green if it's got enough structural integrity to handle the weight or red if it doesn't. So you know if it's red, I got to basically ground it to the earth or ground it to something that's grounded to the earth. And that's kind of how it manages that building system. Gotcha. It's also a good way for like building on on level ground, right? So you get at a certain point, you get a tool, a hoe, which will let you even out a ground, uh, even out a piece of ground. But before you have that, you kind of build it on stilts, so to speak. So you'll set a couple of uh, one stilt, right, and then build part of a floor, and then another stilt, and then until you know you kind of even it up with the ground, and then eventually 
you get to a point where you don't have to use the stilts anymore. The other things that happen, and it, it seems very random right now, you get attacked by hordes of uh, mythical creatures, essentially. Um, so they're, you get assaulted or sieged ever so often. Oh, wonderful. So then they can destroy all your stuff. Oh, that's just even better. So you kind of have to build, and it's, I think the way the game gates it is based on the size of your community is the size of the horde, like the level of base you have, so to speak, right? The level of materials you've used, like, are you up to like, you know, building up stone walls or whatever, or you're just still in wood hut. Gotcha. So like I built a longhouse, which I thought was really cool. So I spent a couple hours designing this longhouse and dicking around with it on a server. And I've got it basically built like right behind their castle. Um, so that's just my house. Like I'm in the middle of like trying to find a good way of like setting it to where I'm linked between the two, but I don't want to be the place where the monsters come in and like take over the fort. So I'm okay if my shit falls because that's just where I sleep, but it looks really cool. And that's, <laughs> All right. This and, is my hut. Right. It's not great. TJ sounds like super anal about sorting stuff. So I just have a dump chest that he doesn't know about. And I eventually go and sort, but most of the time I just dump shit in like six chests until I get to where I need to go actually go sort it. See, TJ sounds like me uh, in in a way. Um, well, his son, between because it doesn't take you very long to fill up your inventory because you have weight and inventory. The heavier your weight is, actually, the faster you drain stamina when you move. Oh, okay. So it's kind of good to be kind of lightweight. But like even your clothes have weight, so and they take up a slot in your inventory. And each of those have different armor values and can be upgraded, etc. But the combat is fairly good. It's not like Dark Souls good, but like there's a parry system, there's a roll system, there's a a whole blocking system, right? Even a two-handed weapon can block, it's just you still take damage, whereas if you got a shield, you don't take damage and you take stamina damage, basically, for the shield. But, you know, different weapons are better. Like if I'm fighting skeletons, like a club is better, right? If I'm fighting Draugr, um, a bladed weapon is better. Um, if I'm fighting these weird gelatinous slime blob things that poison the fuck out of me, I'm going to back way the fuck up and shoot flaming arrows at them. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so at night, more monsters come out than in the day. But, like, we're going through the different biomes. And the world is huge. And I say huge. It's like Minecraft is nearly infinite. This is kind of the same way. So the way that you manage that is you got portals that you can set up between different points. You can fast travel, but it takes certain kind of rare materials to set those portals up. So you kind of have to be prepped to be moving very far. And you can build long ships, right? Which is how we were getting... So we're sailing on the ship for literally like 10 minutes or we take the portal. Oh, okay. Wow. So, and this is just you... 150th of the map that we're, we're going for 10 minutes. I'm not uh... even kidding. Like, you could spend probably... If you were just running, it'd probably take you a few hours to run end to end. That's crazy. It's a huge random seed that it generates the soul world along with different biomes and then different challenges for each biome. Based off of what I've seen, the the art style and the skybox and the color palette are phenomenal. Um, they the, do some stuff. That's, it's kind of system intensive, which seems weird, but I, I don't no it's just unoptimized right now so it's volumetric fog and stuff like that yeah you know? it's all that kind of stuff that's kind of taxing on a graphics card you can turn it all the way up and it can it it, it looks cool in its own way it looks like a, a a beautiful form of you know like warcraft uh i mean the characters are not the character models aren't like overly beautiful no but it's some of the effects they do to compensate for the way they 
art style is right like really helps yeah it's just like the the rest of the world looks really great um but like you know everything's made out of pixels so to speak in the 3d space yeah, yeah which is an interesting way to do it huh. but like they do waves in the grass when wind's going on and like the storms are really intense Anyways, there's a lot of systems. I encourage you, if you're interested at all, watch a couple of streamers. But don't watch them too long because part of the fun of this, and me and TJ were talking about this, is figuring out how stuff works together on its own. It's like, oh, I got these serpent scales because we found a sea serpent that we had to fight. And what do we do with these? I won't say, but we found a use for them eventually, right? And it's just those little things like, what is this upgrade? Oh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. And, I mean... and it's... It's fairly intuitive on getting you started. The most unintuitive thing that I will say is learning how the building system works is still a little finicky, and that could be ironed out. But there's already been two million copies sold of this game inside of a couple of weeks. It's pretty big. Like it, it, it took off. I think PC Gamer has done a story on it about every three days since like last week. Yeah, it took off. You know, because it it hits a wider audience than uh, than Dyson Sphere program does. But it came out really close together. Both of those um, games are hitting super hard right now. Yeah, and I mean, for early access games, both of them being fairly feature complete, uh, where you can you you can get in and you're not experiencing stupid like crashes and bug you know like bad bugs or anything like that. Uh, that is, I mean, you've got some really good potential out of these games that I've never heard of either one of them. Uh, before I, well, last... coffee coffee stains the one that published uh, Valheim. Right. I, I mean, I definitely never heard of Dyson Sphere program for sure. Like that that came out of absolute nowhere. Came out of the fucking blue, um, and blew my socks off. Like 140, 48 fucking hours into a you know into a game I've never heard of before, and just loved every second of it. Fuck yeah. Um, so Valheim, I mean, I was seeing the, that you the guys reason, were The reason I bought into this is mm -hmm. it's the same producer as um, Deep Rock. Ah, yeah. And, and you know, they also released Satisfactory. Yeah. Coffee Stain's kind of knocking it out of the park. Right yeah, now. Coffee Stain's doing a pretty damn good job. Uh, Previous to this, it was Goat Simulator. and uh, Which was just a meme game. Sanctum. Which was an okay tower defense game. Yeah, it was. So Valheim definitely. I mean, I've been kind of thinking about going back to an arc style game, like a, a good survival game that has resource management as well. Um, so that this is more combat resource focused, where you get most of the stuff from combat. No, you still have to beat on rocks and punch trees and shit. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean you can, all of your tools can be used as weapons too. Okay. Like your flint axe that you start I mean, off with actually gets you, good, and you it just described like a third of Justin's games. Well, not really. I mean, well, I got one more use, game to talk about you before use we go to break. Your forehead to mine rocks, and you punch trees, right? So, so there's <sighs> when you first start out. Um, Yes, you do have to punch a tree to get your initial wood, to get, and then you got to pick up two stones. Yeah, you you, you have to you have that, to get your initial that lasts wood up. about two minutes. Well, I guess that's normal for wood, right? <laughs> um, and then you've got your first axe, which can be used as a weapon too, okay. um, but it's probably better to get a club um, because it doesn't take flint to actually make. You just make it out of sticks. 
Yeah, and it's got it's got less of a stamina cost for hitting stuff. It blocks a little bit better. But actually, my axes. I've got a bronze axe right now that's pretty good, and then I've got a pole arm, a bronze. Oh, you're Albert. up to bronze age. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm working on iron right now. Holy shit. Um, so it but does have it's, a. Uh, it does have a, a kind of a. Like I, I have to agree, look at this from like an arc perspective. This is this is a third person game, whereas arc is first person. That there's yeah. a big dif- uh, difference there. Uh, I guess you could play arc in third person, but why, why would you? Um, but the uh, the the difference there is where was I going? Um, it, it, oh, it's the similarities. So I'm looking at it from an arc perspective, like you progress to you know from like a simple bow to a fucking crossbow to something that's you know to a gun yeah it's like the crude bow literally takes probably a second and a half to two seconds to draw and it's got a pretty severe arc like you can shoot it like 30 feet before it drops like Mm. it's almost garbage right it's okay to start hunting your first few deer because you need to hunt the deer to get the leather to help with your armor upgrades but then you get the fine bow, but you can't get the fine bow until you get into Bronze Age or you accidentally knock a tree into another tree. The physics is real. Like, trees can knock into each other and start breaking other trees and busting them up so you can pick up the wood. So a strategy there is to find a tree that's fine wood, which I like that to you on your own. They just look different. When you hit a tree and it tells you it's too hard, that's the one that you can make the fine bow out of. Okay. And just aim other trees at it until it busts. That was the way that I got to the fine bow before I was really supposed to. Just, just don't be anywhere near the tree. Falling. You could die. Yeah, it, and um, you can cut them in like they. It's got three stages. It's cutting it down, cutting it in half, and then cutting up those two log chunks. And those log chunks were all over the place, and like they do a significant amount of damage. If they fall on you, you are pretty much insta killed. But if they roll into you, it's like ten damage. Remember, I was saying you start off with twenty five health. Right. Yeah. So that's it. Doesn't take a lot, but you can also cut them down around enemies, and it hurts them just as well. Okay. Well, there I mean, is friendly fire between the enemies too. So, like, there's a troll or not a troll, a uh, gray troll. I can't remember. There's actual trolls. The actual trolls are scary as shit, and take a lot of arrows to knock down. Fire arrows, not surprisingly, are the best thing against them. Go figure. But anyways, I digress. I've talked enough about this game. It's really good. You should check it out. I'm going to continue to play it. Um, but I'm playing mostly multiplayer. I started off single player, but now I'm playing a lot of multiplayer. And I'm having a lot of fun with it, dicking around with people. Just as fun with friends as it is without. It just you build faster with friends. Okay. Yeah, it's just like Ark in that way. Um, the last game I've been playing that was a surprise, super surprise for me that I've been kind of obsessed with the last few days because the runs are not super long. It's a game called Monster Train that a lot of people had on their Game of the Year list last year. Monster Train. It's on Game Pass. And I was, we had talked about early access games, so I was Mm -hmm. going through my early access and I was playing Tainted Grill again. And I was like, you know what? This comes out in a month. It actually does. It should be out in March for the roguelike portion. And the uh, full feature campaign version is going to be out in like six months. But um, that's a card battler hybrid game, RPG. It's like, I kind of like card battlers. When I say kind of like, I really like card battlers. So I picked up Monster Train off Game Pass, because why not use my subscription? And that game's really unique. Um, I th- kind of hated the art style at first, because it's super cartoony. Um, but there's a lot of variety. 
So the way Monster Train works is you're on a train and heaven's trying to freeze hell over, essentially. That's the story. And okay. So you're operating with the, the denizens of the darkness, so to speak. So it starts you off essentially with demons at first, right? Um, I can't remember what the name of the faction is. But there's two variants of that faction with two different separate ways to play. And they're kind of like the jack-of-all-trades deck, but they're pretty good. Um, then you've got another deck called the basically like plant-based demons, I guess, um, where they have one group that's focused on healing and tanking and one group that's focused on multi-strike damage. You've got another ver another group of monsters that are all sea-based, and I haven't gotten the second variant of it, but on the first variant, they're all based on multiple spells and stacking damage that way. And then you've got one called the Umbra, which eat each other to build damage. So you have something like a type of character that launches characters out, and then you eat it to get additional damage. But like the combinations on the cards, because you also you also stack two races together, right? So one's going to be your main, that's going to have your main monster in it, and then all of your minions underneath it. And then you're going to have the option to pick from the other race. And essentially what happens is you go through a stage, your train stops, and you pick the left or the right path, and each path has different types of upgrades for your cards and deck sorting and building options. And then you go to fight a wave of bot of enemies, and it's got four levels on your train, right? So there's the first level that you stack enemies up in, the second, the third, and the last. And every time they the enemies go through a level, right, if you don't kill all of them off, they go to the next level and they kind of work their way up until they get to your core. And then they once they take the core out, the game's over. Okay. So the game's all about deck building and combining abilities together and combining racial abilities together to get, like, the best stacks of things on your cards. Beat it. I've beat one actual run. And as you beat the run... Every time you play a race, no matter how far you get, you build progress on them, which means they get better cards when you start a new run um, and different variations of the cards or different cards altogether, um, different variations on the things the heroes do. Okay. So you're always getting progression that way. You're always unlocking additional races or abilities or things like that, depending on what you're doing. And then with each run, they add additional difficulty to it. So it's not as easy the first time, but you can play it on easy mode every single time if you wanted to and still get progress. But you get faster progress if you play it on each of the different difficulty levels as it goes. So it starts you off with stronger cards and more cards on the harder levels, um, but adds additional modifiers to the bosses. And the bosses are all random. So it, like, there's like always one of four different bosses at the end. And then there's like three or four different variants on each of the mini bosses before you get there. It's like five stages. But the runs, like my longer runs, have taken me about an hour when I was really thinking about how I was going to play my cards and stuff. You basically just exit the game and you want to save, and it saves your run right there. Okay. So, which is really nice. So, either a short session play game or long play, but I'll probably play a whole other round after you guys leave from the podcast before I wind down because I really like that game. It's hard to describe, but I'll say, like, once you unlock Umbra, that's so far the hardest one that it, for me to play, but it's been the most interesting. You basically launch these these creatures or summons that have one hit point, but if they can survive through the round, your other creatures in your lineup eat them and gain additional benefits, which I think is just really interesting way of playing. But all of these different decks play so much different. 
And it just, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, car combinations and magic and stuff like that. Right. And I, and I dislike that stuff. The animation's not super fantastic, but like the the variety of your decks and the variety of your builds and the variety of combining stuff together to get more powerful builds. Like I was showing Jason, I got a really random card because I've been playing the, you know, the normal demons a lot where I had a character that had like 100 damage. When when the standard damage is like five, like that's a lot. Yeah. And then you can upgrade him. Like I was working on getting uh, something that was like called multi-strike. So we could do 100 damage twice. Um, and But his card's unique in that he costs more energy than you have to cast unless you have lots of imps in your hand. So that every imp you have in your hand or on the playing field, then he's minus three energy. So he starts off with 10. Your base energy is three. You play three imps. He's one cost. And there is a character that has zero cost on imps. So you just cast all the imps on one floor and then you put them on the next floor up at no cost. Gotcha. So, so and it's a really interesting game. It's kind of hard to describe. It's worth watching a playthrough because you're not going to see everything. Um, highly recommend it though. Um, and didn't think I would see that cause I thought the art style was goofy and way too kiddy for me. And then I didn't realize how fucking deep that game was. So give it a chance. It's on game pass. <laughs> Do you think we ought to take a break? Yeah. I think the, so. the, the dog is, uh, is coming back for round three. So we'll take a break and, uh, we'll be right back. back all right thank you nice break there and shit we talked food of course we did because i mean we talk very little else here now food video games you know farts whatever we talk about uh it's it's a thing seems to be Food, video games, and our erratic sleep patterns. I mean, yeah. Well, we 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 <laughs> trade uh, we trade keto recipes uh, during the uh, during the breaks. Normally, sometimes um, we were supposed to go look at a game, but uh, some somebody forgot about that, uh, <laughs> and instead fed you green chili sauce. Yeah, I mean the green chili sauce five hundred five is pretty good. Yeah. Um, you, that could be a good sponsor, yeah, <laughs> right? And nothing related. Nothing related to video games. Green chili sauce. Hey, uh, knock his socks off. <laughs> since we we're so game heavy, we're gonna kind of talk some other things. And just the author of this is CD Project is where I'm getting this oh information. Boy, oh, oh this one. Okay, oh boy. So it looks like. You need to declink your clinker over there. Let me hold on. <laughs> I put bells on her so I know where she's at. Yeah, she can't hear them. I can. So let me read you this. There's a ransom note that happened. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go let me read it. you this ransom note that was uh, <laughs> in Notepad that they posted the picture of. Of course it is. Hello, CD Project. You have been epically pwned, spelled in fleet speak. Right. We have dumped full copies of the source code from your something, your server for CD Project, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3. I got to scroll because it's a little bitty picture. 
Um, we've also dumped all your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. Whew. We have encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you most likely recover will likely recover from backups. If you will not come to an agreement, then your source code will be sold or leaked online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Contacts, wow. Wow. Your image will go down the shitter even more and people will see how your shitty your, comp- your company functions. Investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even slower. You have 48 hours to reply. Oh, shit. Fuck you. Um, they released a statement saying an unidentified actor gained death. CD Projekt just posted this on the internet. They're right. just like, okay, fuck you. We're posting this on Twitter. Right. Um, said an unidentified actor gained author- unauthorized access to our internal network, collected certain data belonging to CD Projekt Capital Group, and left a ransom note, the content of which we've released to the public. Although some of our devices in our network have been encrypted, our backups remain intact. We've already secured IIT infrastructure and begin restoring the data. We not give in to the demands nor negotiate with the actor, being aware that this may eventually lead to the release of compromised data. Taking necessary steps to mitigate the consequences of such release, particularly by approaching any parties that may be affected due to the breach. Still investigating the incident, however, at this time we can confirm to our best knowledge the compromised systems did not conclude, contain any personal data of our players or users of our services. We've already approached the relevant authorities, including law enforcement and the President of Personal Data Protection Office, as well as IT forensic specialists, and closely cooperate with them in order to fully investigate this incident. I'm so sick of the CD Project 8. Well... This is like the worst form of CD Projekt 8. The the part, you know, it really, really irritates me. Mm-hmm. The thing about context and gaming generalism. You, well, that that is probably, I mean. That may be made up by them. It, so I, my contacts in gaming journalism is an email for a gaming, a gaming journalist, which is open to the public. You know, they may not be, well, we don't, I don't fucking know these people or anything like that, but. That's what I would assume is like, oh, hey, you know, let me go ahead and just like drop this into fucking Jason Schreier's email box or whatever and see what ha- see what happens from it. I would like I would like to think that uh, that some integrity would happen, you know, on the journalist side. But I mean, when you when that type of stuff happens, you know, you know what I really hate is like. Whatever you think about the game, like it's taking advantage of the situation, like with the bad publicity that's happened around it. But the thing that's really more irritates me is your context in journalism is a lot of, I don't, I think with the exception of us who have nothing to lose, um, there was a lot of people that kind of folded under the pressure of, you know, let's, let's, let's just say what it is like, you know, 50,000 trolls that are out there out of, you know, the 10 million people that did actually play the game and liked it. Probably, you know, whatever, whatever it is, the vast majority of people enjoyed it. There was a really vocal minority of people that either had legitimate concerns or just like joining in. And, and, you know, there are people that just like to join pile in on hate. Yeah. Because I guess your life has no meaning other than to post shit about games like there's games that I hate. But you didn't hear me going on about Undertale the way that people have gone on about CD Projekt. The occasional joke. (laughs) Right. And that's not because the game's shitty. It's because I genuinely dislike the game. Um. Right. So right. Yeah. just completely dislike the execution of it, no matter how inventive or whatever. It just felt like a hipster dream. So <laughs> that yeah, that's why gaming journalism's like, you guys, you know, a lot of them are ten years younger than me and whatever. 
I felt the same every time I sit in the I make no friends with journalists, I guess when I'm any any time that I've been in any kind of like panel or any kind of like thing where I've had to share space with somebody from one of the, I'm gonna quit throwing completely personal things under the bus, but right. there's a few publications out there that I just completely abhor because they're essentially pile honors. What they they're, do they don't want to take the chance with fifty thousand people in a minority. So they amplify their message. Which also amplified what was going on with the game. And that's and that's the thing. And that's the problem. The... And then the hackers pile on that. Like, if there is any legitimate contact with a gaming journalist that also understand, then you're you're party to illegal activity. You can't hold things ransom legally anywhere. Right. Well, we're not we're not in like a third world country. That's why I like this is a first world country. Like if you agree to that and you take that information, you're taking part in illegal activity and you should be well, even you should be fined or in prison because you're an even asshole. Even if you're talking about because you put people's lives at risk if some of that information, right? Like you don't need to know some some game developers address, phone number, date of birth, social security or any of that shit. Or well, it might not be it's not social security because they're in uh Poland, but whatever. Right. That Personal data is not up for grabs, and you are a fucker, regardless <laughs> of who you are, if you're going to take part in any of that as some game journalist. Well, you're not just a fucker. <clears throat> to quote Samuel L. Jackson, you're a, you're a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but you're not a bad motherfucker. You're just no, a motherfucker. you're just a motherfucker. The thing is, the uh, with, with, with hacker attacks like this, of course, this happens. The fact that they said you've been pwned like, yeah, is so, like... 2006 modern it's warfare full on fucking reddit hate right there is is where this came from and the thing is is that there's a lot of fuckers like you know that will uh that may have the skills and you know and everything to get into could be it. could have been a, just a script kidding well it could be the thing is is that i know enough about you know how you know internet you know or network security and and internet security and and securing you know se securing data on servers and how you know servers intercommunicate because of you know s s work of uh, that there's a number of different ways that this could have happened uh and you know i can only speculate as to how exactly it happened the fact that it happened sucks uh you know ransomware attacks where they encrypt you know encrypt data is bad enough but if they lifted data beforehand uh or had access i mean source file code you know code is not small um i mean right. you, you have to think that's that's going to be a hell of a load on on networks you know on a network just you know pulling that information especially from you know, from somebody that's like taking it outside of the company. If somebody was, you know, in their network security had seen that, uh, or had you know proper network monitoring, um, then they would have definitely detected that there was something going on. Uh, so, I mean, this this is kind of an eye opener for any company that ever gets hacked. Like, you know, you need to have proper network security and have that shit in place. And of course, all of this coincided with CD Projekt releasing modding support tools. Right. Well, they for they added twenty seventy seven. Yeah they they added the extra modding tools and everything like that. And some of you know some of the mods got actually removed because 
well, uh, people had, of course, because, modded because you know, you Keanu Reeves. sex with Keanu. Right. But, anywho, the, uh, the, the ransomware attack is deplorable. Um, the, the fact that CD Projekt Red is basically saying we're not going to, you know, negotiate uh, is kind of a risky move. Um, uh, not going to lie, but, of course... You know, these guys don't deserve any kind of fucking like money or recognition or anything like that for for doing what they did. So um, it's probably going to be a pretty big hit uh, because last I heard uh, and this these are all unconfirmed reports. But last I heard uh, some of the files have already started to leak into the dark web. So people are getting into the source files for Gwent and uh, and The Witcher 3 and. Uh, in cyberpunk and seeing like the the bare source code for those games uh floating around on the internet now um as far as the other like uh financial documentation and, and whatnot that they said that they they lifted i haven't heard anything about that but i've got almost a slightly larger story though what so you may not know the name but you know the name of the game Okay. The creator and owner of Relogic. Relogic, okay. Terraria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of the best selling games of all time. Yep. Um, got locked out of his Google account. Oh, yeah. I so, heard about this one. So, Yo. found the thread of this on Twitter. Um, so, he says, I'm just going to kind of read through Twinks. This is from Andrew Spinks. At Google, my account has now been disabled for over three weeks. I still have no idea why. And even after using every resource, I have nothing to get this resolved. You have done nothing but give me the runaround. My phone has lost access to thousands of dollars of apps on Google Play. I've had just brought Lord of the Rings 4K. Can't finish it. My Google Drive data is completely gone. I can't access my at YouTube channel. Worst of all is losing my access to my Gmail address of 15 years. The last straw is I absolutely have none, nothing to violate your terms of service. So I can take this no other way other than you're deciding to burn this bridge. Consider it burned. Terraria for Google Stadia is canceled. My company will no longer support any of your platforms moving forward. Oh, shit. A game that has sold more than 40 million units. Wow. Customer service at Google sucks so bad that they're not going to help somebody that has that much pull on their platform. Wow, dude. Well, I'll... I mean... Dude, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, what would happen? Like, what this would is happen like, if you... If, this is like four tiers down from Miyazaki. Right, it's like, or Miyamoto. This is, I mean, this is crazy. You know, like, what would happen if you, uh, if you, literally, like the highest selling game of the last generation. If you're an Android user, like, if you're an Android phone user, and you get locked out of your Gmail account or your Google account, and you can't access your your Google, your Google Play, your YouTube, any of that, especially if you're a YouTuber. Uh, you're fucked. I mean, you are straight up boned. Like you have all of your emails gone. All of, you know, all of that is just fucking, it's, it would be like, I don't know, man. It's like, it's sold 8.7 million copies on Android. Yeah. See, I mean, this this, isn't a $1 free app. This is like a $10 game on Android. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big game, and, and it, coming to Stadia would have been fucking a big boon to Stadia because, I mean, 
It's a, to correct my numbers, it sold over 30 million units. That's still a shitload. That's a fuckload, dude. So I can't think of any game in the last... I can't remember the last game that sold that many. Yeah, so somebody didn't, like, cross-reference or do uh, do their due diligence there. And, just, you know, especially he's like, I don't know why. He, he doesn't, he didn't do anything against Terms of Service. So wh- why would he got, uh, get locked I mean, out? we don't know everything about the background. Right. But, like, for somebody that high profile that has that high profile of a game for you to just completely ignore. You would think that they, they'd they have, like, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being a pleb. But I would think that somebody like that would have, like, a, the, a direct line to some, like, VIP department or something like that, you know? You know, if you had... Some way of getting past the, you know, the, the, the initial chat level service, you know, per, you know, customer service, you know? Right. Because, I mean, if you are, uh, if you're a multi-million dollar company, you know, d- developer company, you know, in ma- managing that type of shit, right? You would think that you've had, you have some other, you know, contact in the company it's to be able to get this done. 18th highest selling game of all time. I mean, yeah. Come the fuck on. Yeah. I mean, what? I'm <laughs> just saying, of literally all time, it's I'm, the 18th highest selling. But as far as like mobile ports out of all these other games, this is the only Tetris at 100 million has been on mobile, and Minecraft has been on mobile, and that's the top selling game of all time at 200 million units. Right. I mean, I guess the name recognition just fell off a of fucking customer service or some shit. Like, you know, you, you just, oh, they just got stuck that. in the bots. Uh, I don't and know. it never made it out of bots. Fucking the customer. You know, but the, he was tweeting at Google, like, somebody from your social media recognize who this guy is. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, well, they know, but now it's probably too fucking late because he's already made the, you know, made the decision not to go that way. But, I mean, with that, you know, with, him pulling Terraria from from Stadia. That's I mean that's not the only Stadia news that we had. You know you know this. Yeah. Week. What was the other no. one on Stadia? So Google announced within this last week that they are now shutting down the internal Stadia game development division. Oh boy, because um, it's not an amazing idea, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I mean. In their statement, they basically said creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially. Oh, you just figured that shit out! Given our focus on building a proven technology of Stadia, (laughs) as well as deepening our business partnerships, we've decided that we'll not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team. Oh my fucking god. So, So, what they did... So Google, you know, when they were doing this whole Stadia thing, it was like, we're going to make this, we're going to do a Microsoft. We're going to make our own fucking games. We're going to create the fucking platform and we're going to do this all at once. And it was like, this is, this is such a Google thing to do, to be honest. Like, think of, I mean, there is an entire fucking website called the Google Graveyard. If you go fucking look it up, it'll be all the projects that Google bought shit for started work on and then fucking killed and that is i mean there's some pretty big fucking things in the google graveyard uh so the google stadia fucking uh production companies uh all of those guys that were bought by google 
are now in the graveyard. Yeah. You know, and that sucks because there's developers now looking for fucking jobs because yeah. they're 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 no longer working on games. Basically, immediate shutdowns are their L.A. and Mon- Montreal studios, yep. and then the other two studios are going to finish development on the titles already deep in development, and then they're not developing anything further. I mean, so Google Stadia, I mean, itself was... Well, it's kind of getting trounced by NVIDIA right now, <laughs> to be completely yes, honest. Uh, NVIDIA's fucking, uh, you know, streaming video or streaming game service is completely fucking destroying Stadia, you know, and they came out kind of at the same time. Yeah. Um, it, between NVIDIA's and Game Pass already steaming along and getting good and Game Pass immediately getting a lot of good games on their initial release, it's yeah. just, just, it's too much. There's, there's a lot of, you know, there was all of a sudden a lot of competition. And then the, the way that that, that press release read was, oh, we realize that games take like time. Oh, uh, and money. And we're not entirely sure that that's going to work for us. So, if it doesn't like pay out immediately, we're going to fucking kill it. And that is the way that Google has always worked. It's like if they'll pick up a project and they'll work on it for a little bit and they'll be like, oh, we're not going to see profits on this for another fucking five years. Uh, let's just kill a project. <laughs> yep. Like if it doesn't if it doesn't work really fast in in the Google or, you know, Google system, then it's not going to be developed by Google. <laughs> Um, which I mean, yeah, I was just saying there, you know, it'd suck if you, you know, lost access to certain ecosystems, if you lost your Google account and it's kind of ingrained in everybody's, you know, day to day, but you have to realize for every, you know, for every YouTube and Gmail, there is, uh, you know, a good 15, 20 failed fucking projects in the graveyard, you know? And or more, and uh, there was some really good shit that you know that died in Google's hands. So one of the things that continues to baffle me a little bit, I is a lot of the Epic hate. Right, yeah. the one thing that Epic's doing better than Steam is giving the developers more money. I mean, Steam is a better platform when it comes to usability and how you sort your games, etc. And I absolutely understand that. I've had a Steam account since Steam started. Right, like. I played Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2 came out and it said you had to get it through Steam. I was like, what's Steam? Right. I remember that. And then it was the only thing plus their other projects that were in Steam like TF, Team Fortress originally and Day of Defeat, etc. Yeah. So, some of the old fucking games in my Steam account. <laughs> so it's literally just, it's been around, right? The Gaben continues to ha- host products. The Gaben. But I don't really hold them like in hatred of each other i'm not a loyalist to a brand of any sort the only brand i'm loyal to is vans um, that's a tennis <laughs> shoe <laughs> because of how comfy those those shoes are um not a sponsor not a not sponsor, a sponsor. literally that is the one of the only things that i'm loyal to when it comes to brand association 
And so when I gave Epic a try, right, like they were pushing hard to get games. And I, I get it. The CEO for Epic is kind of a dick, kind of goofy sometimes. They are the company that made Fortnite, right? And if you're a hardcore gamer, you're supposed to be anti-Fortnite. <laughs> I was an alpha backer of Fortnite. Just full disclosure, if you go back a million episodes, yeah, I was playing the tower defense game Fortnite yep. um, with friends, and um, I, my and old and Warcraft buddies. And then it turned into a, a Battle Royale after PUBG, and I was like, what's this? I don't want to play Battle Royale. I want to play Tower Defense. And, and then I quit playing it. Yep. Um, you know. And then it spun off into its own game. And then it turned into a gaming phenomenon, whatever, right? But then they that gave them the capital for Epic to release their own store, which, again, there needs to be some competition. I get the exclusive thing, and some people get pissed off about that, but... Whatever. I mean, they're un- giving out some pretty free, pretty decent free games. I mean, Unreal and Engine's I don't, been around forever. It's, too. No, it's no different <laughs> than uh, Unreal Engine's been the backbone for ninety percent of what you've played over the last twenty years, yeah, guys. Yeah. Come on, Quake I mean, is an amazing game. Yeah, there's no, um, there's there's no way that Epic being competition for Steam is a bad thing. No, the, and I get. Some people are like, oh, it's I mean, unexclusive. I'm just going to wait a year until it comes to Steam. Okay, anybody cool for who's you. mad about exclusives, you've lived with them for with consoles for years now, and you literally right. can play it on the same device, right? Yeah, it'll be it'll be almost like if you had PlayStation, but for some reason PlayStation had Xbox on top of that, right? Right, you could access like games for Windows Live, you know, whatever. Games for Windows Live isn't a thing anymore. It's like if you could access you know, <laughs> games that you buy through Xbox on your PlayStation. And now you have that. The The only thing that bugs me about Epic is cross-play between platforms uh, when it's a thing. Yeah. It's- that, that being said, though, um, I want to give you some numbers. I'm pulling this from PC Gamer. So this is Epic Store exclusives of current numbers. Games that you can buy on the Epic Store but not on Steam right now is 65. Games that were Epic exclusive but are now on Steam 2 are 50. And there are now 21 unreleased exclusives for this year. So, I don't think they're dying down. No. Um, But here's some upcoming games that they were able to list. So, Chivalry 2, not really my thing. Kenna Bridge of Spirits, not sure. Darkest Dungeon 2, very interested. Yep. Um, Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy, I don't know what that is. Solar Ash, not sure what that is. Eternal Cylinder, not sure what that is. Eternal Cylinder, I've heard before. Um, Saturnalia, which is a RPG of some sort. Oddworld Soulstorm, a friend of the show, and original Tiltcaster Trent is super interested in that. The Wolf Among Us 2, super interested in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song is a tie-in to Bloodlines 2. Yeah, it's a like a virtual novel. Oh, Prince been... of Persia, The Sands of Time Remake, Far Cry 6, which will also be on Ubi Store. Um, and the rest of these are all on Ubi Store, but all the Ubi. Well, I say all. Let me just read them Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine, The Settlers, Riders Republic, Future Remedy Game, Future Remedy Game 2, Future Play Dead Game, and Future Gen Design Game. Um, so some of those are Ubi games, some of those are Epic published games. But Ubisoft is the one that's been doing a lot of the exclusives to Epic and then later releasing them to Steam. Um, it didn't take a lot, a real long time. Is Assassin's Creed Valhalla still a Epic and Ubi exclusive right now? I think it is. Yeah. Like, you can get the older Assassin's Creed's 
But you still can't get Valhalla on anything other than the Ubi client or Steam. Or, I mean, or Epic. Right. The only thing, I mean, when it comes down to uh, to the games on the Epic Store, I think that, you know, having the Ubi games available on uh, on Epic, kind of like how EA Play is now on Steam, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a back and forth between the two. Uh, as as long as those ecosystems, like those those other ecosystems, where I had to have Origin but, or fucking something else to you know, or you play to fucking but, do that. But some of these studios, so Remedy, right? Control, mm-hmm. Alan Wake, right? right? Play Dead, Limbo, and an Inside, or Gen Design, Last Guardian. Yeah. So like, and those are except for Gen Design, those are also ones that you can find on Game Pass as well. Yeah, I mean. Like, I'm doing three ecosystems right now, and sometimes Ubi, because I just, I've been able to actually get better deals through Ubi than Epic on their games. Sometimes, yeah. So, for me, I've got four clients, essentially, on my computer, and I understand, oh, that's a lot of clients. Well, I look at Game Pass, right, see if there's something I want to play on there. So, like, Monster Train, right? Right. Um, Steam, I'm playing Val, uh, Valheim on. Yeah. Epic, I'm playing MechWarrior 5 right now, and finishing out Death Stranding eventually. Yeah. So, like, those are the three ecosystems, and then Valhalla on Ubi. Yeah, it's, you just have, you know. If you want a single launcher, <laughs> you can go to your NVIDIA control panel, and it has all the games on your computer listed there. Yeah, you can do it. You, you can do it that way. That is that is one easy way to launch games And you don't have to place. filter to installed on Steam, and then go to the store page, or set your thing to show library, and then refilter it to no, when you just, played it, or just shows what's just show all in alphabetical order on your NVIDIA control panel and play it that way, which is normally what I do. Right? See, I mean, there's ways around it. There's there's a trillion for for just about everything that's on multiple ecosystems. So, and if you don't know what a trillion is, uh, look it up. Uh, it's from uh, from the old days of the internet. Um, <clears throat> but the uh. They're not doing bad. No, if you no. look at their actual worth right now, that they sold two hundred and sixty-five million dollars worth of third-party games in twenty twenty. Yeah, and fucking Fortnite still prints some money. Um, so <laughs> I'm I glad mean, it is. Like, I'm I'm glad the people that like Fortnite are funding this other portion of my gaming addiction. Right. You know, I may not like that game, but it definitely de- you know definitely helps to have a rivalry, especially in the monopoly that was Steam. Um, yeah. There's you know, 56 million monthly active users as of December 2020. Yeah, you know, it's just I mean, that's a pretty good it, rival. Steam has about there, 120 million. There was a giant vacuum left when uh, Windows quit selling stuff directly. Yeah. Basically. Um, well, and what was the client for Dragon Age, uh, the Bioware client? Uh, the, but it wasn't Bioware. Origin. Origin is like a trash store. Right. It was yeah. it was horrible. Um I think they killed that, uh honestly. Um No, Origin is still around Origin just nobody uses still it. Still a thing, but nobody uses it since they reintegrated with Steam. Well, half of them uh, half of those or most of those titles went to to EA Play. Yeah. Uh and the so the EA, you know, you know doing EA Play I, was I could tell the only you reason why that launcher's bunk. Yeah, that launcher sucks. But I mean, with EA Play going to Steam, you don't never. Yeah, you, know, you don't. I'm just. I'm it. just saying, like, it didn't launch like Origin or have the power, the non-power of Origin because they had so many third-party people. 
Yeah. And the fact it's uh, an 8% take that they are cut that they put on the developers for the sales in their store, right? Mm. Wood versus the 30% that is on Steam. Yeah. It's like Steam, you have to sell like $50 million worth before you get a larger cut. Right. Which means that most of the indie developers are taking a 30% loss on everything they sell. Unfortunately, Steam is like very open to indie developers. So basically, they're just making all of their money off of indies. Uh, so games like fucking Valheim and Dyson Sphere. Yeah, Valheim, Dyson Sphere. Well, Valheim and Dyson Sphere might actually get to the point where they get a bigger cut. Um, well, at $20 for each until they hit 3 million, they're not going to get that cut. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I actually think both of those could hit 3 million. Well, I mean, Valheim has already sold. What is it? Two. I think it was on the Steam page. It's already sold 2 million. I saw a story that said one. But me and TJ's, I mean, you know, on your Steam News thing, mm-hmm. right? And you're clicking on a game. It said, over 2 million units sold. And I was like, I, I understand why. Yeah. It's another, it's art, but in Viking terms. Right. And so. different art styles. Different enough to be something new. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I think that most of the hate for uh, for the uh, Epic Game Store is kind of past now. Um, I think it's just, it's the it, same immaturity that... As nearly 40-year-old gamers, right? Like, we've already been through the phase of Xbox versus PlayStation, of Nintendo versus PlayStation. Oh, fuck, I remember going to the fucking, you know, store, uh, the video rental store to buy, uh, to be able to rent games or having right. to go to the fucking store to buy them in a box. The form, Sega so. versus Nintendo stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just at this point, it's like, whatever you can get your hands on and whatever's at the best price and has the content I want is where I get it. Yep. And it just happens to be PC mostly for me these days. Yep, and mostly either Steam or or Epic, sometimes GOG. Yeah, GOG's got some good deals, too. Yeah. GOG is DRM free. They sell, you know, keys, you know. GOG, Green Man is the other. Green Man sells the keys for GOG, Epic, and Steam. Right. And PlayStation, actually. So, I mean, the the any place that you can buy keys basically allows you to, you know, to get special deals on shit. Let me, before we just Mm -hmm. leave that trailing off. Mm Mm-hmm. The only one I'm really comfortable with is Green Man. I'm just going to say that because I did use another third-party yeah. CD key thing yeah. that super fucked me and I never got my money back. I spent $40 on Doom Eternal mm-hmm. and never got that money back. Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck that. Never got a refund yeah, for I'm... a region lock game that I bought because it didn't explicitly say it was region lock. Oh, I was yeah. new to the system, so I bought something that was set for like South Africa at 40 bucks. Not understanding that. And it was region locked, so I couldn't play it. Oh, fuck them then. Yeah, Green Man is... I I bought some stuff on Green Man. Uh, there was one other, sm, you know, smaller... Oh, it was Chrono uh, that I did. There was a... The, the Chrono does, like, a daily deal for an indie game. Uh, and there was something that came through... Oh, it was Monster Hunter World. Uh, it wasn't so not only indie games, but mostly humble bundles. Not bad sometimes. Humble too. bundle does. You know, yeah, does, humble bum, hum, humble bundles humble just hit and miss. Humble bundle. He's over there tired now. I'm. Um. Yeah. We're getting to the point where we're about to wrap. Yeah. So yeah, there's just be careful of where you go. But as far as the ecosystem, it shouldn't matter anymore. I mean, the convenience of having that. Uh, that shit at your fingertips and not have to go anywhere to pick shit up. Just be happy with that, you youngins. Gog uh, Launcher. <laughs> Gog Launcher incorporates Epic and Steam together. I mean, if you if you need to have if another you need a launcher, launcher, 
and you don't have an NVIDIA card, you might as well do that. <laughs> Epic Launcher is still kind of trash, and it also eats up uh, cycles on your CPU. So don't leave it open. Yeah, Set it just, to not start when you turn on Windows. Yeah, I just turn it off. I mean, I, I launch I do, it when I, I know when I want to go in, and it's not automatically. Do 90% of my game, you know, gaming on Steam anyway. Anywho, I think it's uh it's it's uh it's time to wrap this baby up. So All Jason, right. where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com, find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast, our YouTube channels youtube.com slash real tiltcast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Find some friends of the show. We've got For the Love of Gaming, NoQuarters.net, um, BMFcast.com, Cabbage, KBG. And tvgp.tv. I don't know if they've played Dyson Sphere yet. And with that, it's the end of the show. Stay better. Peace.